0: Most of us have had seasons in our life that have been some unrest. Very few people get through life without <laughs> some season in which life just brings a lot of chaos and mass. And this can be in a lot of areas. It can be in our health, scary things. It can be in our relationships things we can't fix that are really painful. Sometimes it's finances where we're just in a mess and not quite sure how we're going to make it. Sometimes it's knowing what God wants of us and just unsettled. Mm -hmm. One of the most tumultuous times in the history of our nation would have been during the Civil War. And for some reason for me, um, I've thought quite a bit about what that would have been like, that incredible time of unrest in this nation where war was of the worst sort, families against families, brothers against brothers, cousins against cousins, neighbors against neighbors. Uh, it was no joke, the stress and pain. And 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 part of me that makes me sad thinking about that is that many people that came to America came with some pretty wild dreams of, of a new world, much like The children of Israel coming out of Egypt, going into this promised land, thinking that, you know, there was this government would be something unlike anything. And it has been in some ways. I don't know what it would have been like to have come and have believed God led you here for the purpose of religious freedom, for the purpose of a good government, of people that were going to do the right thing, people of noble character leading a nation, and now we're at war. Over slavery, You know, we had this dream that all people were created equal and had the equal right to pursue happiness and all of that, and it was just terrible. Dreams were shattered, hopes were dashed, and so much was gone wrong. And one of the great <laughs> poems, stories, poems, really, is Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's poem, I Heard the Bells, and I think most people Probably do know the background of that. His wife had died, I forget of what, just before this. And then he got word that his son was injured in a battle in the Civil War. And he sat down and wrote these words. He said, "I, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how... As the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth, a cannon thundered in the south. But then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God's not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, good will to men. There's, I think, maybe even a couple more poems to this thing, verses to this, but somewhere I lost some of them. If that's the case, I thought I had a couple more one of the things that you see in the poem is that in the midst of despair and frustration, things that were wrong, and in a world that really, really was out of joint. and Sometimes we look at our season right now, whatever that is, and we think it couldn't have been much worse. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that. Having been putting yourself in the shoes of the people during the Civil War, or World War II or many other places. In fact, um, uh, one of the worst times in all of the world was probably in the whatever they called it, the revolution there in China where Mao Tung took his campaign to destroy Christianity. It wasn't us, but for many there, millions and millions and millions of people died. But God brought a great revival there. And if you were to draw a picture, if you suddenly had the gift of an artist and you were going to draw a picture of peace or tranquility or rest, and you, were, and you had the artistic ability to do it, it would be interesting what picture you would draw. Would you draw a picture of a nice, quiet stream with some trees and birds and sunshine and flowers and peaceful animals? Is that it? Well, I guess it could be. One man who was asked to draw that picture drew a picture of a bird in a rock over an ocean that was harsh, dark clouds and waves crashing. And it was obviously a cold and damp place. But there was this bird in sort of a cleft of the rock, protected, nesting, protecting its young. Some reason I like that picture a little bit more in some ways because, at least in this life, in this world, there's quite a bit of storm, and quite a bit of mess, and quite a bit that sometimes leaves us saying, "You know, how can any good come out of this?" I've shared this. Bef- I've shared this before, and I a, a little bit with the church here at Gateway and. It's, part of my testimony, so it comes up quite a bit. But There was a time in my life that was so frightening to me, so unsettling to me. And it was when we went through mental health in our family when my daughter, Quina, um, I don't pretend to understand fully all that happened. Her diagnosis was she had bipolar disorder and it was it was just tough. It was just very challenging for me. I felt like a failure as a daddy, but in addition to that, there was this just terrible fear that would come over me when I couldn't fix this thing that needed fixing. I can't even explain the fear that I would feel so severe. Many nights when I would lay down to go to sleep with this anxiety and fear and so on that would be there. I've had something I've done for many, many years. If I can't sleep, especially I go over scripture. I had one scripture that I would do over and over and over and over during that season of life. It's the Christmas story. There came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And as you go through that, Whole story, you get to where Mary and Joseph go up to Bethlehem where the time is fulfilled that Mary's to bring forth her son. She wraps him in swaddling clothes and lays him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. And then there were shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them And they were sore, afraid. I related to that sore, afraid, being terrified. But the next words, but the angel said unto them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And the angel goes on. This will be a sign to you. You'll find that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. Peace. Goodwill towards men. Many times as I would go through that, as I was putting myself to sleep with the comfort of those words, I would reflect on this thought <laughs> he doesn't say don't be afraid because there's nothing to be afraid of he does not the angels didn't say fear not because there's really no troubles in the world fear not because all's going to be well it's don't worry it's you know this was not kasadah, whatever will be will be It was because the message of the Christ child trumps the anxieties of the world. Fear not, because I bring you good tidings. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I have (laughs) come to a place of rest over these years. Not saying every day, every time, every moment. But there has been something that's happened over the years, and that is just a growing belief that the big thing that is taken care of in our lives is big enough to cover everything, the little things, the things that we can't ever really fix, can't ever really make sense of. If you were to talk to a lot of people today, and you know, I I just heard again recently something unsettling to me, and that is the percentage of people that follow through in a commitment to Jesus, percentage is, is troubling. It's not as high as it ought to be. People learn about Jesus. They give their life to Jesus. They ask, they say the right words, they get baptized, and they walk away. And I think one of the reasons people walk away is their they're disillusioned by their own experience, by the things that are happening, by the things that don't make sense, And maybe maybe more often than anything else is they don't really like the feeling of being a failure, what they've set out to do, and they don't want to be a hypocrite and a pretender and so on. But there's something I think that can happen to people on this rest that is our inheritance. There is a rest for the people of God, the Bible says. And I think that rest is God's got it. And he's big enough to take care of it. And the big things are taken care of because Jesus is the Christ child and he took everything against me and he took it away. And I no longer have to fret and worry and wonder and figure out how to fix and whatever. It doesn't fix every problem. It doesn't fix every relationship. It doesn't suddenly make me rich. So so that there's no money issues, it doesn't. It doesn't do those things, but it does the most important thing. It tells me that all is well. He says, let not your heart be troubled. I'm not saying that's a perfect description of peace, but it's an instruction to us as Christians. One more quick story, and then I'll like some comments if you guys have them. But I, uh, one morning, was having my devotions this would have been in the early 90s. And I happened to be reading that morning from John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. And as I read that, a couple things stood out to me. First of all, that was not a suggestion. It was an imperative statement. It's not a, you know, there are some things that you kind of get to choose if you want to do or not. <laughs> I use the illustration that if I were this, this doesn't work anymore. My youngest is 30 years old, so I don't say to the children do so and so anymore. It's more, would you like to? <laughs> but when they were young, if I said to them, Would you like to whatever, mow the lawn, get that lawn mowed, they had a choice. They could say, Well, Dad, you know what, friends are coming over and I've got plans and you know, let's do it tomorrow. But if I said to them, Look, Tim, that's got to be done. It's got to be done today, and I mean before you eat supper tonight. And he knows there's no hedging about this. It's an imperative. He does it or he gets in a little trouble. <laughs> well, that's an imperative. Let not your heart be troubled. It's not actually a suggestion. It's actually quite strong words. With an explanation, because if you believe God, you can believe in me, and I've got this thing, again, in my Father's house, important things. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm coming to receive you unto myself. So anyway, (laughs) I was reading this, and I was kind of just beat. You know how sometimes Scripture will just jump out and just jump all over you and just, you know, it's just, it's, it's your word. It's God's word to you that day, and I just had such an overwhelmed feeling that that was for me. And I started telling everybody about it. You know, I'd if I'd meet somebody, I'd say, have you ever noticed this scripture? It's amazing. And that week, later that week, we went down to a family reunion in Bridgewater, Virginia, where my wife is from. All of her family were there. And my father-in-law had made a zip line. He always was into doing something adventuresome for the kids and everybody well this zip line would start way up on one side of the hill and you jump off and go way up up into a tree over there on the other side and it was you know so much fun the kids were doing it and my wife decided she was going to do it she always did about anything she wanted most of her life still does but with some physical restrictions. Anyway, she jumped off of that thing when you weren't supposed to jump. You were just to swing out. When she did, she got down to just where her fingertips were holding. And she should have drug her feet and rolled off, but she held on and she held on and I'm watching her. And she goes up about 20-some feet at the other end and she's holding on and holding out. And I'd say when she's about 12 feet, off the ground coming back. She couldn't hold anymore and she dropped and boom, landed on her hips and rolled over and said, uh, immediately, I broke my back. Of course, I ran over there said, don't move and uh, things. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my, she knows she broke her back. And I was scared to see if her, she could move her feet or anything and I'm sitting there. And guess what words came? Let not your heart be troubled, it's command mark. <laughs> don't be troubled. well, I can't say I immediately embraced that, but <laughs> <laughs> we 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 uh there's a there's some neat stuff about the story, as scary as it was, and while she had numbness, she had some a little bit of movement, and we went into the hospital and we heard all these stories over and over of, of how lucky she was, and how that her Vertebrates were broke, but the spinal cord was still intact, <laughs> moving around, all that stuff. And they took us down to, uh, I believe it's Richmond, University of Virginia Hospital. And uh, went down with, we were going to fly her, but we ended up with an ambulance. And anyway, long story short, the doctor came in and said, do you want to do surgery or do you want to go home and lay flat for eight weeks? And I said, then what would you do? And he said, I would, if it was your wife, he said, I would lay flat. We didn't have insurance. You know, I wasn't sure I was going to pay for all these things. Amazing. Um, My wife spent eight weeks flat in bed, but has had relatively no trouble since. And I shouldn't say none. I mean, she's got a few little things, but it's just been an amazing journey. But my point in all of this is I believe the message, let not your heart be troubled, would have applied no matter what. But I'm not sure how I would have handled a a different outcome than what it was. But somehow I feel like God gave me that in preparation. Now, I I hope nothing about this little talk sounds like there is a little magic formula that if you put it together, you'll get just the results you want. Because I don't believe that for one second. But what I do believe is that in the midst of your troubling, anxious moments, in the midst of those things in which you would be tempted to say, nothing good can come of this. There's nothing I want redeemed. You know, I used to tell the Lord about some things in my life. You know, I don't want a story of how you helped me. I just want it to go away. Just let it go away. I don't want that part of my history. But there comes a time. I believe, when you get to where you feel safe with God and you say, I'm yours, you know, anything, anything, you choose, I'm yours. I was talking to a guy today. He said, that's a scary thing to do. I said, well, you better find out now if he's trustworthy or not. <laughs> it's probably, probably not, I mean. So let me just wrap this up here with a few comments and then uh, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, there'll be no end. Today, Jesus has prayed 2,000 years ago, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But I believe he is looking for individuals who will begin to let that be true today in their life. That his will and that we are at peace and at rest and that we are safe with it. Even when like that little bird in the cleft of the rock there's storms and there's waves crashing and there's rain there's still protection and favor and blessing even if the circumstances aren't very much fun anyway that's more than i was actually planning to share when i came here tonight but i thought i would just kind of throw some of those things out and then get the responses of you guys Lord, I thank you for this time tonight to just reflect again on you and your word and your promises and your character. Time to be together in this way and just quiet our hearts a bit here tonight and remind ourselves. I don't know what David did exactly when he encouraged his heart in the Lord there at Ziglag when the city was burned and people were talking about stoning him. But somehow I believe he remembered the promises and... His history with you tonight, we do that. We remember our history. That in times past, Lord, you've been with us and we we rest this time. Stan's asked that he could hear better what you're saying to him and obey better. Lord, I pray you'll give him peace and rest that let you do your work. That what he wants done in his heart is something that doesn't happen <clears throat> based on his will or determination, but on amazing grace. And would you just come, Lord, rebuke the enemy, put a strong hedge around him. You're the captain of the hosts of heaven. Your angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to those that are heirs of salvation. Minister to this brother, Lord, and help him know that the enemy is defeated already and he can walk in victory and peace and rest and know that all is well that you're safe for him, Lord. He doesn't have to be afraid anymore. You go back and you make all things new to the day of our conception. So whatever has happened in his past, his childhood, in his youth, teenage years, wherever it's been, Lord, that feels like nothing good can come of that, would you remind him of the amazing grace of Jesus? forgiveness and love and hope to lay his burdens down. Lord, we commit him to you and your grace. And I pray for Tom, Lord, you know his needs, his family. Lord, you know Sam, every need he has. You know the burden of a daddy. You know extended situations, Lord, this is a season Tom's life, Lord, when he wants you to become all in all to him, to show him how to live, bless his marriage, his relationship at home with his wife, give him kindness and grace and love, Lord, not only love that uh, endures a marriage, but one that takes delight in it. We're reminded again that When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes his enemies to be at peace with him. And Lord, if you can do that for enemies, you can do that for a wife and children and those relationships we care about. And I ask that for Tom tonight. Give him that peace that passes understanding. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you, let not your heart be troubled. Neither be afraid. And so again, Lord, do that work for Tom. Father, I pray almost every morning for Tim and ask you to help him and bless him and carry and the kids. And I ask you today, tonight again, to be a strong source of comfort, wisdom, companionship, relationship to bring your peace to cover him, Lord. I pray that Tim would know how much you love him that he would have a sense of your purpose and destiny, that he would be able to know how to resist the enemy with his lies about a lot of things. pray you'll bring alongside Tim people that can help him and encourage him, keep away people that shouldn't be around. I pray you'll provide for his every emotional need, financial need, health need, needs of the kids, needs of Carrie. Jesus, you're our shepherd. You're the one that leads and guides, and we have been invited to give our all to you, and we do it again. Lord, I know that's Tim's desire. I've seen his heart, and I know that he, more than anything else, wants to please you and to do a job that is of your, under your approval and your blessing. Mm -hmm. Lord, I actually believe that you brought Tim to a new place in his life to want to please you more than anything else. And I just pray that you'll give him rest on this journey. Help him to know, Lord, there are things only you can do. It's not his job to get everything right, but to rest in you. Lord, let this be his peace tonight. We commit ourselves to you again, Jesus, we're yours, we love you. Every good gift is from you and our lives have so many good gifts. And again tonight, we renounce affection for the world and renounce the strongholds of the enemy and say one more time that we're yours and we love you and you are all we need help us lord in areas of blindness to see in areas of bondage to be set free and let us lord be channels of grace we pray in jesus name amen immediately this thought came to my mind for the father like 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 god has you know given you physical kids but there's god's given you spiritual kids like like and I just felt like like the lord was saying to me that that um, you don't you're not looking for a name and a, and a title, but the things that you've been able to instill in people will will be there for for years and years and years and years and years to come um, because 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 of the Father Spirit that is inside you that you've been over people and I just felt that immediately as soon as soon as you started speaking immediately so thank and, you uh, for that word I, I received that and appreciate it Yeah. you sorry. know uh, when I was a 10th grader in Gene and Matt Mennonite School they we graduated that year and one of the things I saw not too long ago under my graduation from 10th grade was friend of the little types because <laughs> the little kids would always come around and hang out and want to be with me and hold my hand and I love kids, and uh, I don't know why it's just a desire I have. I wanted one more child. My wife said I would have always wanted <laughs> And I, I remember crying, literally crying in the shower, just crying because I wasn't going to have my seventh child. And, I, and then I felt like the Lord said, "Well, Mark, you can be a spiritual father to people, and so I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, now I'm really crying. Ha, <laughs>